Hello podcast listeners, this is the Brendan Brown's Collections of Facts and Theories podcast show. And um, before I start anything, let me clarify what I said yesterday. I apologize for saying I did entertainment because I used the wrong word. Because we don't use the word as entertainment. We use the Bible as a way of witnessing to other people so that they can get closer to God. So forgive me for using the word entertainment yesterday. I did not mean to use entertainment. I meant to use, I should have meant to use, I should say, um, witnessing instead of entertainment. But um, forgive me for that. And um, let's just move on to what um, I'm going to do today. So I'm going to play this motivational video that's called, oops, that's called When You Lose All Hope. Here we go. What do you do when it seems like suffering won't stop? What do you do when it feels like your pain doesn't have a point? What does it do when it feels like your weaknesses continue to worsen? Maybe you've taken a knockdown concerning your finances lately. Maybe it's with your kids, maybe with your marriage, maybe with your health, maybe some other arena of life. You're laying on the mat, gasping, and you don't know what you're going to do. People ask you how you are, and you say fine, but you're not fine, and they'll never know that. We're people. We're people, and we struggle, and we suffer, and we bleed, and we cry. And if you think that true strength means never showing any weakness, then I'm here to tell you, you're wrong. You're wrong because it's the opposite. You're going to get depressed sometimes. You're going to have weeks where you don't feel like eating, where gravity is working overtime like it's afraid of getting laid off, and you can barely lift your fork to your mouth, and you are going to have a choice. You have a choice to either give up or keep going. Give up or get up. It's like you have to save your own life. Nobody's going to be able to save it for you. So we have to do what we have to do. No matter what it is. We all struggle. We all know what it is to hurt. We all know what it is to have pain in our heart. And you know what? It's okay. That's just a part of life. As much as I hate some of the parts of my life depression has dragged me down to, in a lot of ways, I'm grateful for it. Because, yeah, it's put me in the valleys, but only to show me there's peaks. And, yeah, it's dragged me through the dark, but only to remind me there's light. Life is not always good. Life is not always rosy. Life is worth living. When you fail, try again. And again. And again. Hold on to that fundamental quality of faith. Have faith. That on the other side of your pain is something good. I believe that this is your beginning, but this doesn't have to be your end. That just because you are currently here, this is your present circumstances, that life don't have to end for you right now. This might be a page in your life. It might even be a chapter in your life. But it ain't the book, baby. You are not finished writing yet. So I need you to get busy living. Are you hearing me? I need 
as long as there's breath in your nostrils, as long as you can wake up in the morning, you're still in the game, which means if you're in the game and there's still time in the game, still time left in the game, you can still win the game. The last chapter of your story has not been written yet. The fact that you're here today is a testament to the fact that the devil hasn't been able to destroy you. You're in the darkest place in your life right now. You're at the darkest place in your life right now. Hold on. Don't give up. Don't quit. You're at the darkest point in your life. If you can just look at your situation from a different angle and realize that beauty does come from death. Are you in a storm or are you just in between two miracles? You take those terrible events in your life and you create a new story of triumph. We got to become something new. We take those traumas, we take that pain, and we allow it to become a, a part of who we want to be. What if I told you that there's greatness on the other side of your darkness, that there is joy on the other side of your pain? What if I told you you got You can subscribe to him. Alrighty, podcast listeners. I'm about to read chapter 2 of the Book of Ruth because I told you guys I will be doing this Book of Ruth project that I have been working on since the first chapter I did for YouTube and my podcast. And um, like I said, I will be doing two different versions of them. I will be doing a version where I play it on YouTube and I'll do it. You know, looking at the camera, and then there'll be one where uh, you'll just hear me in an audio version. Mm-hmm. But um, let's just start, and I'll, I'm going to read from the New International Version. Before we even start, let's just pray. So, Father God, I ask Jesus as I come to do your word, God, help me to decrease as you increase as I read this word, God. Help me just to decrease as you increase in my life, God, and Continue to cover me, cover the podcast listeners who are listening to this, God. Cover all the YouTubers who are from the YouTube channel who are listening to this as well, God. Lord God, I ask Jesus to cover um, my whole family and their families, God, and the whole globe, God. Lord Jesus, ask God to continue to just help this virus rate to decrease, God, and help the pandemic to slow it down, God. Help it all to just be gone, God. But, Lord, help it to be gone in your timing and not in our timing, God. Help them to find the right vaccine so that we can have the right um, amount of of stuff to fix, God. And, Lord Jesus, I ask you, God, to just continue to help this world and 
Help the world to change, God. I ask Jesus to just continue to help this world change like how it's doing, God. Because this world is doing a lot of stuff from the pandemic to March to now, God. And Lord Jesus, as I read this word, God, help me to understand what I'm reading, God. And help these podcasters to understand what they're reading as well, God. But Lord God, I just ask you, God, to just continue to just cover the kids who are going back to school, God. And cover me as I go back to school virtually, God. And cover people who are going back to school physically as well, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, Paul, guys, listeners, I know I said, Lord, help me to um, understand what I'm saying. But at the same time, I should understand what I'm reading because I already studied this. Y'all should be the one I should pray for saying, help you guys to understand. <laughs> but it's my fault. But either way, it's good I'm praying that, you know, Lord, help me to understand. Because guess what? I might understand it, but maybe I might want to understand some of it. So it depends. But let's just start off reading. Okay, the title of this one is Ruth Meets Boaz in the Green Field. Let's find out about this. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimic, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out into her field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimic. So the word glean, which I already told you guys on my YouTube video of this um, version of it, I don't tell you that um, glean means learning. Obtaining knowledge, obtaining something, learning. That's what glean means. So every time you see the word glean, which I'll be reading in this chapter of chapter 2 of the book of Ruth, glean means listen, understand, obtaining knowledge. So that's what Ruth is doing, gleaning. Okay. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? He's talking about Ruth. The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came from Moab with Naomi. See what I mean? They're talking about Ruth. (laughs) She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the woman who worked for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and following, follow excuse me, along after the woman. I have told you, the men, not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water's jar, the water jars the men have filled. So, like I said on the YouTube version of this, I'm saying it again. Boaz said to Ruth that what he meant, he's not going to let a man lay a hand on her. He mean no man is going to touch her physically, sexually, nowhere. He, he, they're not going to touch him. I mean, touch her because he already told them don't touch her. So, Boaz got it all covered. 
so that now when she goes to the field, she can go with the woman and, you know, harvest with the woman. And if the man come over, the man can't do nothing. Okay. So, going to verse 10. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. So this man is referencing what we read in chapter 1. I already told you, I already told him, well I didn't already tell you, my bad, excuse me. The Bible told us, it showed us, I keep saying I, 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 it's not me, it's the Bible. So, split all that out, what I just said, I, because it's the Bible. So, the Bible showed us, you know, in chapter 1, that she did leave her town and went with her mother-in-law so that she can, you know, take care of her mother-in-law because her mother-in-law was a really good woman to her, even what, even before her sons died. So, that's why Ruth really stuck up to her versus Oprah, Oprah I guess left because there was nothing really to do because, you know, Ruth, I mean, excuse me, not Ruth, Naomi's um, son died. Okay, moving on to verse 12. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So, richly rewarded. Like like in the YouTube version again. Rich rewarded. The Bible is showing us that richly rewarded doesn't mean you're gonna be rich. Richly rewarded means you'll be rewarded from the Lord. In the spirit, through gifts, through rewards you did, through good work. Just like if you do something good, you get good consequences, right? So just like with this. If you do something good for the Lord, you'll get rich. You'll be richly rewarded. And I'm not trying to say that every time you're always gonna get money, every time you're always gonna get this and that. But when you're richly rewarded in the Lord, I believe mostly that if you're richly rewarded, most of the time you'll be rich in your spirit. And least amount of times you'll probably be rich, you know, by getting rewarded with like physical, materialistic stuff or even money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let me reread that again, verse 12. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Moving on to verse 13. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roast grain. She ate all she wanted and had some leftover. As she got up to glean, Boaz have gave excuse me, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't remind don't repreme excuse me, excuse me. Don't re Promand her. Don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks from her 
from the bound bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. Moving on to verse 17. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she she had gathered and then amounted to about an epith. Darn it, I forgot the meaning of the word. <laughs> I just told you guys about epith um, on the YouTube version. I'm going to put it on right on this podcast for you guys. I'm going to type it in so y'all can know the pronunciation because I forgot the pronunciation and I just did it yesterday too, guys and gals. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen as well. Okay. Epef. Epef is an ancient Hebrew dry measure equivalent to a bushel. So I can't show y'all an image of it, but if you look on my YouTube version of it, I did show you an image of how it... Hold up. Epha. Yeah, Epha. That's how Epha... That's what Epha is. It's an Epha. I showed y'all the image of an Epha on the YouTube version. So the YouTube version has the image of the Epha. But if y'all want to Google, you can Google the... If you need to. Because the word... Epha. Will be there. Mm-hmm. But back to um the story. Give me a second to get back to where I'm at. Ifa, yep, Ifa. Okay. Now I'm moving to verse eighteen. She carried it back to town, and gathered. Excuse me. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had ate enough, eaten enough, excuse me. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Meaning, what did you learn today? Because earlier, you know, the Bible just, um, in the Bible, I was just reading glean, and I told you I looked up the meaning for it, and it meant learning, obtaining knowledge. So, when she said, where did you glean today, which was Naomi asking that question, her mother-in-law, where did you glean today means, what did you learn today? So, what did you learn today, Ruth? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. She said, the Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, He has stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. I mean, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living to the dead. Excuse me. She added that that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. And you know, I looked up the word, or I think it was in the Bible I looked up one time. Oh yes, right here, right here. Yep. And it's referencing the verse 20, right here in Ruth. And it's right here on my, um, at the bottom of this Bible I'm reading. It says right here, The Hebrew word for guardian redeemer is a legal term for one who has the obligation to redeem a relative in a serious difficulty. So, guardian redeemer. Mm-hmm. Guardian redeemer. Okay. I'll, I'm at verse 20. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, 
He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She is. She added, that man is our close relative, which earlier did say that he was part of the Ulemix clan, which it was meaning that it was the family. That's what the Bible was trying to say. Because, you know, at first it was related that Ulemix was related to Boaz. So we should already do that by the beginning. But I just wanted to recap that for you guys, just to remember if y'all forgot or if you'd never even known. So going to verse 20 still, half of it, I'm at the ending part of it. That man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until they find finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to her, Ruth, to, to, excuse me. Oh, 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 Russian, Russian, Russian. It's not Russian, guys and gals. It's just anxious. I'm just real anxious. Excited to read the word. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let me restart over to verse 22. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go to the, to go with the woman who worked with him. Because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. Moving on to the last verse, 23. So Ruth stayed close to the woman of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvesters were finished. And she she lived with her mother-in-law. That's it. So, to recap that all, it was basically, you know, showing that now with Ruth and Naomi moving to a new town, they starting up good because... They have a family member who's there to protect them, and it's a man figure, because that's good they got a man figure, because Ruth and Naomi are two women, and they might can't, you know, be safe. And see, it's good they got a man figure over there to help them with the, you know, harvesting, when they're harvesting, because they'll be all right, because Naomi's now old now, and Ruth still is young, you know, because her sons were young, and they all died. Mm-hmm, and, um... Boaz was there because he was like, I think, the cousin of Elimic, if I'm not mistaken. He was a cousin of Elimic. And they're they're just watching each other's back because they're family. So mainly to recap and, you know, summarize this thing, it's just saying that, um, it's just saying that God... They're starting a small beginning for Ruth and Naomi because now they have a family member to help them out and now they don't got to worry about picking this harvesting by themselves because they can have a family member named Boaz who is a man who can help them, you know, through their continuing life until they die, I guess. You know, because I don't know if they die yet. But I'm just saying until they die because eventually or until Boaz die or get older or, you know, something that would happen. But um, I think that's basically it to summarize and um, recap the whole thing. So that's it, podcast listeners, and um, let's just pray. Father God, I ask you, God, I thank you, Jesus, for helping me explain these podcast listeners what the meaning of the story was and to read the story and just take time with them and sit down with them, God. Thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you, Lord, for using me as a vessel, God, to show them the glory you got, God. 
thank you, Lord, for just allowing me to have podcast listeners to listen to this and YouTubers to listen to this as well, God. Lord Jesus, I ask you, God, to continue to cover me, cover the podcasters, the YouTubers, and all their families, God, and cover my family as well, God, and continue to cover the whole globe, God. And Lord Jesus, I ask you, God, that all the prayers, answers, and requests I was asking from the past days I was asking, God, I ask you, God, to answer them all, God. And Lord Jesus, I believe that I will receive the answers from you, Lord, and that all these podcast listeners and YouTubers who are praying will get their answers received as well, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I guess that's it, guys. Um, I will be doing chapter 3 and chapter 4. Don't worry. I will inform you when I have them, but I know one thing. They will be released very soon. But um, I guess chapter 3 will be released, I guess, probably next week or this end, or end of this weekend. I don't really know. Because I'm going to a DC fandom event, which is like a virtual convention this Saturday. And um, I noticed Saturday also I got a men's meet, a boys meeting, virtually. And that's on the plan for Saturday. And today I have Bible study. So there's a bunch of stuff planned. Excuse me for the background noise. That's just the house phone ringing. But, um,. That's basically it for today, and um, I will inform you when um, I will inform you when I release my next two chapters. So, have a blessed day, podcast listeners, and um, I will see you all next time. God bless.